Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q. And here we are, almost halfway through another week, which means another preseason game will be on the docket coming up on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, the first home opener uh, for the Raiders this upcoming preseason. But just crazy to believe that we're already here. You know, Tuesday's day of practice is already in the books. Of course, the players are still there doing some film work, doing some treatment, doing whatnot. But as far as their actual work on the field, it is in the books. So another day is gone by. They've already had one preseason game with the Hall of Fame game last Thursday and now ready to rock and roll and take on the Minnesota Vikings this upcoming Sunday. And I'm telling you, man, this this offseason has gone by so quickly and it's been very, very fun to navigate and see how everything's been put together and kind of be behind the scenes and see how the sausage is made to say say the least, right? I mean, just a lot has gone into this Raiders team this upcoming year. And so we've been, had, a lot of, had a lot of fun just kind of following them and see where they are right now. And uh, we're going to do a lot of that coming up in the next three hours here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Jared Justice is uh, doing double duty today as uh, he's sitting in for DeMond Cotton, who's been doing double duty earlier today. He was on the morning tailgate. Uh, he also uh, filled in on JT The Brick Show. So there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of guys really stepping up in a major way. So we appreciate Jared for all he's doing right now back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios. And I'm, of course, in the home studios. And it's, it's so funny. When, you know, someone's filling in and Jared's a pro's pro. But when someone's filling in, the best way to do it is when everyone's in the same studio and it's easier to kind of converse, have that conversation and understand what the other person wants. But uh, he's stepping in, pinch hitting, and, and it's not easy with me being at the home studio and him being in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. But he'll get it done. He'll make it happen. And uh, we'll make it do what it do all afternoon long here on Unnecessary Roughness. The guest that we have coming up on the show today. 2.30, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. We haven't checked in with her for a while. Uh, there's been a few weeks gone by of Aces games. UNLV has been back at practice. And, of course, the Raiders are going to be in action. And I say it like that because all weekend long, that's what's going to be happening. I mean, if you don't know yet, uh, this city of Las Vegas is going to be popping this weekend. I mean, you have the – just on Sunday alone, you have the Aces hosting Sue Bird in her final – regular season game ever from the Seattle Storm and they just beat Sue Bird and Seattle Storm up in Seattle for her regular her her last home game now they're going to be hosting her at the Michelob Ultra Arena on Sunday oh by the way the Raiders are playing Minnesota on Sunday and oh by the way on Saturday the IFL championships the indoor football league championships is going to be taking place at the Dollar Loan Center and everything else that goes on around Las Vegas so uh, it's going to be on and popping UNLV as I mentioned they're uh, they're doing their practices their fall practices preparing for the upcoming season so there is just a lot to get to all weekend long. So uh, anyway, we'll talk to Paloma Villacana about all that and then some. She's also somebody that uh, has covered Josh Jacobs when he was at Alabama, uh, obviously knows him really well, and she was one of the ones that early in the process put out the tweet about the Raiders are not trying to move Josh Jacobs. And uh, we've had that conversation multiple times. We've heard from head coach Joshua Daniels. He already said that, hey, they got big plans for J.J., uh, you know, and, and again, it's not something that I thought was happening, but 
you know, I know Paloma put that uh, that tweet out as well, so we'll ask her about that and her expectations for Josh and the Raiders this upcoming season. So that's going to happen at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, we'll talk to the general. And that's John McClain, the Hall of Famer himself, uh, was able to talk to Shereen Williams yesterday, his buddy, his running buddy. Now we get to talk to the general coming up at 3 o'clock. We'll talk all things NFL. We'll talk a lot about the Hall of Fame, what it's like to see Cliff Branch finally in there. Uh, you know, we'll dibble and dabble into the speeches of the Hall of Fame, you know, which ones got to him, which ones didn't get to him, because there's always one that gets you. And I'll tell you right now, while I was standing there in Tom Benson Stadium, and I was waiting for Cliff Branch to be, you know, announced and enshrined and Elaine Anderson, his sister, to take the, the stage and, and give his speech. Right before, right before her was Bryant Young from the San Francisco 49ers. And his speech had not only myself in tears, but everybody in the general area in tears. It was just an incredible speech. And anytime you hear about someone losing their, their child at a very young age, uh, it's always going to be heart wrenching. And so when you see someone that is a hall of famer, like Bryant young, who, when you look at him and you think of him, you say, man, this dude was a gladiator on the field. He was unstoppable, even though he had a terribly broken leg and looked like he might not be able to come back. He bounced back and played like nine more years. And so we always, we always look at these guys and think that, you know, not that they're untouchable, but almost like, hey, man, nothing could hurt these guys. And then when you see them deliver a speech like that and all of a sudden break down and start talking about, you know, losing a child and how, how it just humanizes them and makes them sound like us and just – you know, normal people like, man, yeah, these guys have a hell of a life and they make a lot of good money and they do what they want to do. But at the same time, they go through trials and tribulations like the rest of us. And so that's the ones that always gets me. And I never know when it's going to happen. I never know. And it doesn't matter if I'm in Canton, Ohio, if I'm watching on TV, it's always one moment that somebody will give a speech or somebody will say, and please stand up because you did this, that, and the other for me. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, you're, it's almost like your eyes start bouncing a little bit. Your eyelids start bouncing. You start trying to look away because, you know, people around you are looking at you. Yeah, you get that moment. Well, I'll tell you right now, when Bryant Young, when he was speaking on, uh, on Saturday, it wasn't even no point to try to look away because everybody, everybody was in tears. And I was around a big group of Raiders I was a bit around a big group of Raider Nation, and every one of them to a T was like, okay, hold on, let's, uh, let's catch our breath. Let's try to regroup before Cliff, you know, Cliff's sister goes up there and delivers her speech because, man, that was one of those moments where it's like, man, this one, you know, this one really hurt, hit home. And, you know, a young lady standing next to me started telling me the, the story of, uh, you know, her, her losing her child and how that just kind of brought all those emotions back. And we all shared our own stories. And, oh, man, it was, it was one of those moments, right? It was one of those moments where afterwards I was like, man, I need a drink. You know, I mean, just, just to take the edge off because it was, it was heavy, man. It really was. So we'll talk to John McClain, all things Hall of Fame. We'll also talk to him about the current NFL, what's going on at training camps, different players around the league requesting trades. And, you know, it's so funny. All these players around the league are requesting trades due to their contract situation. And we all know that there's a situation going on in Las Vegas with Darren Waller and his contract. I'm not saying that's the reason why he's missing practice. He's missed practice again today. But that's, I'm not saying that that's the reason why. He's missing practice, but we all know that, and he's made it vocal before. He's let it be known that, hey, my agents and the team are working on it. I can so appreciate that approach from Darren Waller, that, hey, my agents and the team are working on it, and they're doing it really quietly. They're not going out there, and he's not pounding the table saying, trade me if you don't pay me. He's not doing that. Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt had the nerve to tell the Browns to trade him because he's not getting paid. Do we remember Kareem Hunt, where he was before the Browns rescued him? I do. 
Jared, tell me, since you are our resident Kansas City Chiefs fan, you uh, you hail from Kansas City, so he was a Chief at one time. Can you tell and remind the fine folks where Kareem Hunt was at one point? Oh, he was uh, he was a superstar with the Chiefs, and then there was an altercation outside a hotel room, well, a hotel elevator, in which case I will tell all NFL players, do not go to hotels or elevators. Right. No doubt. No doubt. And so he got into a big dust-up. Cleveland basically rescued him. And now because he is a hell of a running back, no doubt about that, he, you know, wants to get paid. And because they haven't addressed his contract, trade me, trade me, trade. Boy, how some forget where they were at one point, right? And now Roquan Smith, today we find out that Roquan Smith for the Chicago Bears, he wants to trade because they're not, uh, they're not negotiating a new contract in, in the way that he approaches or appreciates it and likes it. And he doesn't think that they're, they're negotiating fairly with him. And maybe they're not. But coming out and trying to make a little bit of noise and trying to do a little bit of dust up and trying to be the, you know, the, the hey, look at me, I want to trade, let me out. And I don't know what's going to end up happening with Roquan Smith. He's a hell of a player. I liked him when he was at Georgia. Uh, I think that he could be a big-time linebacker anywhere. Um, selfishly, I wanted the Raiders to draft him. They obviously didn't. The Bears got him before, but that's fine. That's cool. No problem. Whatever the case may be, but he's out here requesting a trade. You know who I haven't heard here request a trade? Darren Waller. Darren Waller, the guy that we all know is severely underpaid. So I don't know how this whole situation is going to shake out. I don't know when Darren Waller is going to get back to practice. I don't know how his contract thing is going to, you know, going to, going to end up uh, happening, when he's going to get paid, if he's going to get paid. I don't know any of that. Don't claim to know any of that. And honestly, not my business. I'll continue to report when he gets to camp, when we see him in practice again, and when we don't see him, I'll continue to say, hey, Darren Waller's not out there today. And then we'll go from there. But – what I can appreciate about Darren Waller is that you're not hearing any of that trade me or pay me stuff. Pay me or trade me stuff. You're not hearing that. Of course, we're hearing that in other leagues as well, but that's a whole other conversation, another rabbit hole I don't want to go down. So I just want to salute to Darren Waller for whatever situation's going on, whether it be injury, contract, or both, that you're not hearing what you're hearing around the league. So, again, we'll talk all things NFL with the general John McClain coming up at 3 o'clock. That's our normal Tuesday hit and then at four o'clock the return of Lincoln Kennedy of course he's on the Raiders broadcast he's a longtime Raider a great Raider along that offensive line and uh, also he's going to join us each and every Tuesday and Thursday throughout the course of the uh, of the football season starting this week so you're going to get Lincoln Kennedy twice a week at four o'clock each Tuesday and each Thursday talk about the game that happened and then obviously look forward to the next game so we'll probably have Lincoln Kennedy each Tuesday and Thursday 20-25 minutes whatever the case may be sometimes we'll go longer sometimes we'll go shorter I mean we're not going to force anything but Having the knowledge and the wisdom of Lincoln Kennedy is going to be a blessing. And so he'll come up and join us today at 4 o'clock, talk about his first experience with Jason Horowitz calling a game. Uh, for everything that I've heard, they've done a re they did a really good job. I didn't hear the entire broadcast as I was there in the press box, so uh, I didn't get to hear it all. But from what I heard, things went really well. And I know that uh, we played the Mark Davis conversation uh, with them when Mark Davis was uh, being interviewed with them before the game on Thursday. Uh, we did play that, and so I heard it, and I thought that that was really good. Uh, and then I heard a little bit more throughout the course of the game, and I think that both Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy are going to be doing a great job uh, for the Raiders moving forward. So we'll talk to them about that experience as well, all coming up at 4 o'clock. So uh, those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Paloma Villacana at 2.30, John McClain at 3, and Lincoln 
Jackie Kennedy at 4 p.m. Plus you'll hear from Matthew Butler, uh, the defensive tackle, rookie defensive tackle out of Tennessee. He had a media session earlier today. I thought it was some really good stuff from him. And then secondary coach Jason Simmons, I'm expected to uh, play that media session around 4.30. So as you can tell, we are locked and loaded, got a really busy show to get to. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So let's jump into this opening drive. And, you know, it's so funny. I've been talking a lot about Nate Hobbs, and I've been talking about his expectations, and I've been talking about the fact that I just think that he's going to be a big-time player for the Raiders this year. And just based off of everything that I'm seeing out there at practice. And, you know, it's so funny because I think back to about a year ago, and I remember saying, man, Max Crosby really looks fast. Man, Max Crosby really looks like he's out there putting in the work, you know. And, and I didn't want to put too much stock into it because you don't want to get too hyped, right? You don't want to get super excited about something that you're seeing in a practice setting when you know that it's not necessarily all 100 100 miles an hour. You know, it's not full speed, full throttle all the time. But Max Crosby looked very fast all training camp long last year. Well, we end up seeing what kind of training camp or what kind of season he ended up putting in, and it ends up resulting in a big-time contract extension this past offseason. By the way, side note, Max Crosby still looks really good. Max Crosby was involved in a little bit of a dust-up today, a little bit of training camp fight, the first one for the Raiders. Not a big deal. It was not a big deal. I know that there have been some training camp fights around the league so far this year that have not been good ones, that have been ones that coaches get really upset about. This one was just Max was whooping everybody all day. And, you know, guys like John Simpson and Dylan Parham, the rookie, uh, at some point had enough. And I'm okay with that. You know, as long as it's not something where it's crazy and they're doing something that they're going to end up, you know, hurting each other or hurting themselves, like punching a helmet, which I think is the dumbest thing ever. But there was, you know, a little bit of a dust-up. And I'm okay with seeing that fire. And uh, Max Crosby, again, was just getting the best of everyone. And at some point, guys want to play against someone that's not the same guys and go up against guys that are not the same guys. And so it happens in training camp. No harm, no foul. It's all good. I will say – I totally respect Dylan Parham because he looked like at the end of the day, after the whole thing was said and done, he looked like the guy that had the most fire and the guy that was the most fired up about the situation, man. It looked like he still wanted a little bit more of the action. And that's okay, especially because he's a rookie. And I was trying to explain this to guys on the sideline that we were talking to, that I was talking to while we were watching everything shake out. You know, I said, yeah, well, you can't let Max Crosby be involved in anything because he's too valuable. And I said, man, look, that guy's a rookie. If that dude is, is, is getting after him or agitating him or doing whatever he needs to do and he feels like he's got to make a point, man, go after the baddest dude on the field. And that's what he did. He went after the baddest dude on the field. And I can respect that. You know, there's so many times that we hear about big-time uh, athletes and big-time players in any sport that may get into something in practice and somebody just kind of folds a little bit because it's that, well, that's the, the number one guy. That's the top dog. Man, what do they say in wrestling? I'm not even a wrestling fan. To be the man, you got to beat the man. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? To be the man, you got to beat the man. And so I think that Dylan Parham earned a little bit of respect today. I really do. Uh, you know, letting everyone know, like, hey, man, I know I'm a rookie. I know that I'm just an offensive lineman. I'm not a high-paid guy like this guy that we're going up against. But I ain't backing down to nobody. So with that being said, I get back to Nate Hobbs, who has that same mentality. I ain't backing down to nobody. Something I get excited about every time I see him out there. He had a nice little pick six today off of Jared Stidham, uh, went up and made a nice play, uh, picking off a ball intended for Devontae Adams and took it back to the house and really went up and made a nice play. It wasn't like it was just one of those balls where he just made the interception and took it back. No, I mean, he elevated, 
left uh, you know, the ground, boom, grabbed the ball, and then navigated across the field and got all the way back to the end zone. Nate Hobbs is having a fantastic training camp. So what I want to ask, I want to throw it out there to you at 702-365-9200 and the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. You've been hearing me talk about Nate Hobbs quite a bit. You've been hearing Nate, uh, Vinny Bonsignor uh, talk about Nate Hobbs quite a bit. Matter of fact, me and him were two of the, the early ones on this, uh, on this in training camp because we were telling other people, like, hey, man, you seeing Nate going up against Devontae? Hey, you seeing Nate make these plays? Like, we kind of started getting the buzz going, at least in our little group. You know, me, Vinny, a couple others, you know, we were just really talking, talking Nate up. And like I said, I don't want to get too high on, on Nate right now on uh, August 9th. But with that being said, what are your expectations for the second-year guy? I mean, again, last year it was kind of early uh, in training camp when we were able to identify Max Crosby and think that, hey, this is going to be a big-time player. He turned out he was. So I'm going to go ahead and ride with the hot hand and feel like I'm, I'm on to something here. I'm cooking with grease, like I like to say, and that Nate Hobbs is going to have a special season. That's my thoughts. I've said it multiple times. I think he's going to be the starting outside defensive back, but I also think he's going to have the opportunity and the ability to pop in and play anywhere along that in that secondary, uh, wherever they need him, whatever the case may be. You know, you have to be uh, you have to be versatile. That's the that's the word that's been used a lot by GM Dave Ziegler and also head coach uh, uh, Josh McDaniels. So I think that that's what you're going to see from Nate Hobbs. But I think originally you're going to see him lined up as the outside defensive back. So before you answer that question. And before we deep, deep dive into Nate Hobbs, I want you to hear from Deron Harmon, who's been in the league for many moons now. You know, double-digit years. He's a guy who signed a free agent deal. Uh, he's very familiar with New England. He's very familiar with Josh McDaniels, Patrick Graham, that scheme. He knows what it looks like. He spent time in Detroit and Atlanta the last couple of years, but spent a long chunk of time in his career in New England. So he knows what it looks like. So he was asked today at the media session, had a really good answer when asked about him sharing his leadership skills and, and helping, you know, guide the younger DBs. And then he talked about Nate Hobbs. An extremely focused young man um, that is working his, his tail off each and every day to be the best that he can be. Um, he's my locker mate. So when I talk about a guy that's always asking questions, always trying to figure out how to get better, um, I'm talking about him. Um, he's, a, he's fun to be around. He brings intensity every day. He works his butt off. And um, the, the sky is really the limit for Nate. I was going to ask you that because you've seen it. Yeah. This, you know what it looks yeah, like. Yeah. It's the, the sky is the limit. How, how good Nate wants to be, that's how good he wants to be. But the thing is, he puts in the work each and every day. He comes to work ready to go. Um, he's so athletic, so twitchy. Can play inside and outside. So um, I'm excited to see what, what Nate will, will do this year. I love that right there from Deron Harmon. What Nate wants to do, Nate can do. That's the thing about it. And he looks like that guy that is just hungry to get better and better and better and establish himself as, a, as the next great defensive back. You know, and I say that, and I hate to throw that word out there because I feel like we throw the word great out there uh, too much. But I'll tell you right now, man, uh, all I could think of when I see Nate Hobbs and what he does, I think of early Richard Sherman. When you started to see signs that Richard Sherman was going to be really good, and I'm not saying that they're the same body type and the same style. Uh, I think Nate Hobbs is more physical than Richard Sherman, and Richard Sherman obviously did it for a long time, so he already has the skins on the wall and the accolades, so I don't want to anoint Nate, Nate already. But I feel like you can see the writing on the wall that this is coming. So I ask you, Raider Nation, again, 702-365-9200, excuse me, and the Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. What are your expectations? How big of a season do you think Nate Hobbs can have? Let us know about it. Again, hit us up, and let's go ahead and start things off with, I believe, uh, ABA Ivan Davis. You're up first. What's on your mind? Hey, how's it going, Q? I'm chilling, man. I'm blessed. 
Me too. My birthday today, man. Hey, happy birthday. I didn't know that. You said you said that like we went back in the day, and I knew that. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh I was on the I was on the bus and they revved up the engine when you gave the question. So you give me the question one more time. Yeah, what kind of uh, what kind of expectations? What kind of season are you expecting for Nate Hobbs? How big of a season do you think it could be? Are you are you signing up for the hype train that you know I've, I've kind of helped create with Nate Hobbs having a big year this year? Uh, it's not even hype. If you remember the story of Nate Hobbs, he was always uh, underrated. Not respected. He came up tough. Them type, them type of cats, when they get their opportunity, they make the most of it. So if you tell him to play corner, and that's the only way he's gonna get on the field. He's gonna be a dog out there, right? And so that, that's that's what I expect. Because I mean, what what was he drafted at? He was drafted kind of mid fifth round, mid round wasn't fifth he? round. Yep. Huh? F- fifth yep, round. See. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He he got something to prove. Right. It's all gotcha. about respect. So I, I fully expect him to – he feel like he got to fight for it, and that's a good thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't have to be hype. I just know that it's his second year, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, right? I'm trying to temper my expectations. But I tell you, every time I see him out there in a practice setting, he looks the part. And I know that the Hall of Fame game is just one game, and it's a very small sample size. Only two, you know, only two uh, series he was out there. But again, he just looks the part and looks very comfortable. And you know, one of the questions I had going into this training camp, and even just uh, OTAs and mandatory minicamp, was how these guys that looked like really good players a year ago—the Trayvon Merricks, the Nate Hobbs—you know, guys like that—how they would adapt to a new coaching staff. You know, I mean, it's one thing when you get, you know, a, a staff under your belt and then you all of a sudden you learn their scheme, you learn what they want you to do, and then you, you stack it for another year or stack it for a couple more years. But to have a new regime come in and, and, and basically have you do things their way instead of what you were used to the season before, sometimes it's a learning curve. Now, I say that, <laughs> and going back to Max Crosby, he had a new defensive coordinator last season in, Max Cro- in, uh, in Gus Bradley, and he did really well. Now he's got another uh, defensive coordinator in Patrick Graham, and I'm expecting him to do very well again. And, and again, Max Crosby is one of those dudes. He's just a football player. And I, I look at Nate Hobbs, who was a fifth-round pick, just a football player. One of those guys that you could put him anywhere on the field, and he's going he's gonna to make it do what it do. You know, so I, my, my vision for Nate, and again, Raider Nation, I want to hear your vision, your thoughts. What do you think that Nate's going to do this year? And, you know, are you signing up for him having a big breakout year? Or, or do you think it's too early to, to, to talk about this? Because, again, it's only August 9th. I realize how early it is. But my vision is Nate starting on the outside. And any time that he needs to move around, they just say, all right, Nate, pop inside. Pop into the slot. Nate, pop out here. Nate, you know, maybe you'll see Nate lined up at safety once in a while just because. You know, I just – I feel like that there is – sky's the limit, like Jerron Harmon says. Sky's the limit for what Nate Hobbs could do and what, he, uh, what he's going to be asked to do for the Silver and Black this upcoming season. Uh, let's go ahead and get one more call, and then we'll uh, take a break and get to Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. Let's talk to our guy, Fargo Raider. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey Q, thank you for taking my call. And I believe what is that, Jared back there? Yes, yeah, Jared holding it down. Oh yeah, oh, good stuff, good stuff. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna have to say, I'm not gonna say breakout season because I think after last season he broke out. Everybody knows, at least in the in the nation, who Nate Hobbs is. You know, we heard the story from Mayock 
that he got the call from a from a advanced scout that told him, "Hey, keep this guy on your radar. We yeah. need to get this guy." You know, and upon looking at him, they were like, "Oh, we definitely got to get him." That's the kind of player that we want in the nation. You know, a, a guy who he doesn't need to be, you know, touted highly, but we know what he is. He's a gem. You know, a diamond in the rough, and they're, and they're making, they're polishing that diamond. I expect them to do great things and to be one of those guys that can follow anybody anywhere. He's got the attitude for it. He's got the skills, and I expect good things out of him. I'm happy to see guys like that come up because that's who we are. That's our identity. We're a bunch of guys who work hard for chips, and that's what Nate Hobbs is. I think he's going he's gonna to up his game. He's going to get some picks. Same with Terry Von Merrick and our our secondary is going to be steps above, you know? And and it's a good feeling to have because for the last few years, it's been a weak spot and a dark spot on the defense. And it's, it's good to have that feeling that we don't have to worry about him, you know? Now we're just seeing if Mullen's coming back or whoever's coming to help that secondary, and that's a good feeling. I'm expecting big things. Thank you guys for taking my call, and you have a great day. Appreciate you, Fargo Raider. And, you know, I, I like what you said about Nate Hobbs and his attitude and his want to. You know, that's that's what it's all about. He is that guy that can go and get it done. I mentioned uh, yesterday's show, I think that Casey Hayward playing with Nate Hobbs last year really helped him out, kind of uh, taught him the game a little bit, taught him the NFL game a little bit. And then Nate and his want to and his uh, ability to get better and better has really taken off. And last year, I think everyone, like you mentioned, Fargo, everyone in Raider Nation knew who Nate Hobbs was, right? I mean, I, know, I remember I actually asked that. That question to Mike Mayock about how did you find Nate Hobbs? I remember sitting in the front row and he went in this very long, detailed answer about that. It's so funny you brought that up. Um, but we all knew who he was. I think this year is the year that the NFL knows who Nate Hobbs is. Like Max Crosby's all of a sudden being talked about in great length. I think now's the year, this upcoming year, that you hear the same when it comes to Nate Hobbs. 225 is the time. Love to hear from you. 69187, keyword R&R. What are your expectations for Nate Hobbs? How do you think this 2022 season shakes out for him? Is this the breakout year for one Nate Hobbs, a fifth-round pick from a year ago? Coming up next, Paloma Villacana, Fox Sports. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Former Raider fullback Marcel Reese right there talking about what it means to be a Raider. I saw him on Saturday night at Cliff Branch's uh, Hall of Fame party there in Canton, Ohio. Marcel was having a great time. Charles Woodson was having a great time amongst others. Hell, I was having a great time as Diana Ross was performing. Mark Davis was super happy and uh, spared no expense when it came to making sure Cliff Branch was celebrated the right way. Join us now on the phone lines from Fox 5 Sports is our home girl. That's Paloma Villacana. We definitely appreciate her time as always. And Paloma, it's been a little while. What do you think about this weekend? The Raiders play, the Aces play, the Indoor Football League's championships going on, among other things. This weekend's going to be popping here in Vegas. It's been a busy week in Vegas. I mean, you have all the major teams, the college teams playing right now, uh, practicing nonstop. We got UNLV, the Raiders, the Aces. I mean, it's the Run and Rebels are practicing for their trip up to Vancouver. So it's been a lot of running around, and it's it's. I'm like, whoa, okay, it's here. The football season's here. The Run and Rebels are getting ready to play in, in Canada. The Aces are playing right now, wrapping up their regular season. I mean. I mean, it's nonstop, but it's it's awesome. It's so much fun. Yeah, it really is nonstop. And the Aces, they spoiled Sue Bird and her, 
her home finale yeah. uh, just the other day. They're going to host her on Sunday at the Michelob Ultra Arena. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on just the way that the Aces are playing right now? Yeah, I mean, for, for them to, to win in Suburbs last last game sold out crowd up there in seattle you know asia wilson dropped 29 points in seattle uh you know that's what that says a lot about the aces finishing their season strong you know they've already clinched a playoff spot so you know they, they could be like we're cool you know we we're, we're headed to the playoffs we know that you know we're gonna we're gonna already be playing the playoffs but for them to be uh, Seattle, you know, on their home court, on Sue Bird's last game, you know, that says a lot about their team. And they've got three home games this week, closing out their season. So uh, just the fact that they're closing out their season with three home games, that's huge, too. You know, they don't have to deal with all the travel and all the mess that we've seen on social media about the WNBA traveling yes. uh, and, and getting delayed and having to sleep in airports and, you know, all of that. So it is a big factor that the, the Aces can finish out their regular season at home and, and you know, in front of their home crowd. And uh, hopefully they can win these next three and, and finish strong. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, Paloma, I want to ask you, how does Coach Hammond, in her first year with the, the young ladies, keep them focused on these next three games and not look forward to the playoffs? Because, you know, obviously the playoffs is where it's at, and that's where championships are won. Well, I think the Aces have had a chip on their shoulder all season. You know, they've they've come up so close. They've, they've lost in the playoffs. Uh, the past few years so I think this season they they've just come out pissed off this season you know hungry to win it all and you know they're hungry to to bring a championship to Las Vegas and Becky Hammond has you know brought the best out of all the players I mean it's been a fun season with the Aces watching them just perform at their highest level under her and her new coaching staff you know Asia Wilson has had a big year Kelsey Plum has had a big year Dierka Hamby has had a big year uh and, and and it's brought all the community out to their games Becky Hammond has brought the city of Las Vegas out to Michelob Ultra Arena and the yeah. Aces have been you know succeeding under her and it's been fun to watch them on and off the court it looks like they have a lot of fun looks like this team is really tight uh, so, so if we could see them succeed in, in the playoffs and, and beat Chicago and beat Seattle, you know, that'll be huge. And, you know, I, I, I want to see some, some finals action here in Las Vegas. So, you know, I want to see them win it all and, uh, you know, play, bring a championship to Las Vegas. So I, I'm, I'm hoping the Aces win the whole thing. I'm all for it. I am all for it, <laughs> without a doubt. Again, we're talking with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So let me ask you this question. I know there's a lot of great talent in the WNBA, but uh, Asia Wilson's won a lot of Western Conference uh, Players of the Week, Players of the Month. Kelsey yeah. Plum has done the same. Are one of those two ladies the MVP of the league this year? Man, I wish they could give out two MVPs uh, <laughs> to, to Kelsey Plum and, and Asia Wilson, but um, the fact that, you know, the Aces at Vegas has two of those players on their team, Kelsey Plum and Asia Wilson. Uh, you know, it would be awesome to see Asia Wilson, you know, uh, you know two Pete, two Pete, the MVP, you know, right. but uh, Kelsey Plum is a dog too, man. She's a dog and coming off her injury, winning a gold medal, um, you know, she's just a three-point shooter beast on that team. Um, you know, it'd be exciting to see KP win, win the MVP too. I know she got the all-star MVP, but, 
Uh, it just says a lot about the Aces that they have two players, you know, in the running for MVP. So, so that's great to see. Yeah, it is. And, and the thing about it, I think that Kelsey Plum, especially having Coach Hammond as her coach, you know, being a, a, a point guard and, and, and Kelsey Plum, you know, she could be a point guard, she could be a shooting guard, whatever you want to call it, but she plays that guard position. I think that that really helped unlock her, even though she was already great, but I just think it may, helped her game even more. Yeah, and she, she told me, you know, Becky Hammond puts her in the right spot, you know, gives, gives her control, lets her shoot where she wants to shoot. And, um, you know, Kelsey Plum says, you know, Becky Hammond is, is bringing the best out of everyone. We've seen Asia Wilson shoot the three more this year. We've seen the whole team shoot the three more this yeah. year. Uh, you know, Chelsea Gray is, is a dog out there, too. So, um, you know, uh, uh, Kelsey has always been telling me, you know, they're still learning from Becky, too. This is only their first season with Becky Hammond. So these players are still learning her coaching style. They're still, you know, getting feedback and, and figuring out what works and what doesn't work out there. Talking again with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, uh, I mentioned that the Raiders and the Aces are playing on the same day, just about at the same time yeah. almost. So the Raiders yeah. will be at Allegiant. They'll be at a, uh, Michelob Ultra. What are your expectations for the Raiders? You know how much talent they brought in. You know about the coaching staff. You just, I mean, it's the, the expectations are high. But from your point of view, from what you've been able to see, what do you think about this uh, upcoming year for the Raiders? Man, they looked good. They looked good against the Jaguars. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how they come out on, on Sunday against the Vikings. And like you said, they've added so much new talent, new head coach, new GM, new president. There's just a lot of new uh, faces around the program. And, and uh, I'm excited to see just Allegiant Stadium, too, just how, the, how they'll play in front of Raider Nation this year. Um, I know a lot of the vets are just hungry to get out there again and see Raider Nation and, and, and be a full force. But, yeah, man, they looked, they looked great. I mean, I know the, a few of the starters were in most of the backups, but um, from what we saw in the Hall of Fame game, you could just see that this is a hungry team. And under Josh McDaniels, I feel like, you know, he's bringing the best out of the team with – just the Patriots, uh, you know, the, the Patriots way. And, you right. know, I was laughing with someone and calling this, you know, the Las Vegas Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's just exciting just to see the new, uh, the new culture, the new right. culture that Josh McDaniels has, has placed in, in, in the Raiders facility. And, you know, things are different. Things are different. The mentality is different. Um, the culture is different, and, and I think everyone's, you know, expecting the Raiders to, to win a lot of games this year. Yeah, you know, the culture is different from the from the top to the bottom, you know, starting out with the, the uh, GM, Dave Ziegler, of course, Champ Kelly, Josh McDaniels on down. I mean, it's just a different way of life, and, you know, it, it's a lot of Raider fans didn't like the whole, you know, Patriot references and all that other stuff, but it is what it is. You know, I mean, the, the is, proof is yeah. in the pudding. They've been able to get it done, so if the Raiders could have that kind of success, nobody's going to, you know, they're not going to bat an eye at it. Now, Paloma you mentioned, you know, some of the starters played in the Hall of Fame game, one you're very familiar with, Josh Jacobs. You've been covering yeah. him since since uh, college, you know, back at Alabama. Yeah. And, of course, there became speculation. I saw you put out the tweet, hey, you know, he's not being traded, his agent told us. But what were those yeah. conversations like? How do you think those few days were when all that speculation were flying around around Josh? Yeah, well, I saw, you know, when the guys were stretching, warming up uh, on Thursday night in Canton, I saw Josh McDaniels walk over to Josh Jacobs and kind of have a conversation with him. And, you know, Josh, Josh is a really hard, hard, hard working guy. I mean, the guy's a stud. We all know that. Um, you know, he, it looks like he was having a serious conversation with, with Josh McDaniels pregame while they were stretching. So our Josh McDaniels is like, all right, man, like you're, you're starting this game. Like, you know, we'll, we'll put you in for a few drives. 
Um, and, and, you know, obviously everyone was like, whoa, okay, right. you know, what, what's going on? And not just here in Vegas. I mean, it was like the top headline nationally uh, about Josh Jacobs starting on, on Thursday night. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it shocked everyone. It opened the floodgates for, you know, oh, are the Raiders shopping him? Are they trading? And there was never one instance in, in my gut that I was like, no, there's no way the Raiders are, are, are going to trade him or, you know, shop him just with, with his stats and, 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 and the stud he is and the hardworking guy he is. I, and there was not one ounce in me that I was like, oh, I think the Raiders might be, you know, interested in trading him. You know, so I talked to his agent and, you know, his agent was just like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just the way that Josh McDaniels is, is you know, starting his, his season and, you know, using all the backs and, you know, putting in starters here and there. And, you know, I was talking to his agent, you know, I was like, you know, is Josh going to play every preseason game? You know, uh, you know, the main focus is for him to, I mean, hell, not get hurt out there, you know, right. in the preseason. You don't want your star running back to get injured in the preseason. So, um, you know, I was just told it's, it's a game-by-game game decision and, you know, we, we should expect to see Josh McDaniels use all his backs in, in the preseason um, and, and that's just the way that Josh McDaniels does it. That's, you know, the Patriots way and everything. So, um, you know, it was shocking. It was shocking, but there wasn't one ounce in me that was like, Oh, I think, you know, I think Josh is, is, is going to get traded just because, you know, the talent he is, uh, his rookie numbers, he's played his, you know, almost his entire career with the Raiders. He's played injured, you know, he's played right. through injuries. Um, you know, he's the one of the hardest working backs in the NFL, um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm the Raider Nation, everyone, you know, let's just hope, you know, he doesn't get it, he doesn't get injured in preseason, but, you know, that, that was the whole focus with his agent. His agent was like, I know Josh is a hardworking guy. He'll do whatever Josh McDaniel says, but, you know, the hope is that he doesn't get injured in preseason. Right, exactly. That would be the last thing that you want to do. But, you know, head coach Josh McDaniels told us all that, hey, that's that you can't simulate that kind of action yeah. in practice. You just can't. So he likes to get his running backs going. And, you know, I know a lot of people didn't like it, but it's just it's kind of the nature yeah. of the beast. And like you said, Josh Jacobs is one of those dudes that whatever he's asked to do, he's going to go out there yeah. and do it, and he's going to go and try as hard as possible. So uh, I, I wasn't mad at that at all, but it was yeah. it was crazy. I'll tell you this, Paloma. I, I uh, Somebody tweeted at me uh, – um, I guess it was a fake Josh Jacobs Instagram where he was basically saying right by the Raider Nation. And so it immediately made me while I was in Canton, Ohio, like reach out to you. It was like, hey, hold on. There's nothing going on, right? Because I know that you know the agents. I know you know Josh. And so I was like, let me reach out to Paloma real quick. So that was yeah. the one that almost got me. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was no doubt in my mind. I mean, I was like, I mean, that's great. But there was, there was no doubt. I mean, it was almost just like, you know, this is all just trade rumor talk. And, right. uh, but it was surprising when I woke up on, on Friday morning and he was the top headline all over ESPN and the yes. NFL Network and everything. Yep. I was like, oh, man. Um, so, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. And I think, I think Josh is going to have a huge year too. You know, I, I, I expect him to, I mean, that whole room, that whole room is so talented. So, um, it's exciting. And, you know, I think everyone is just excited to see the Raiders just get in action and get things rolling under McDaniels. I agree, and they'll get things rolling starting on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Should be a lot of fun seeing the Minnesota Vikings come to town. Before we let you go to Paloma, uh, UNLV is in action. They're doing their thing. They're having a lot of practices. I've seen you out there talking to players and coaches. What's the vibe right now around the Rebels? <laughs> Man, he's got a brand-new team, brand-new. I mean, every position, every room, I'm like, I know one guy for every, you know, ten guys out there. <laughs> so he's got 32 new players. 
He's got 24 transfers. Uh, nine of those transfers are coming from Power 5 programs. Mm. Um, so, you know, they, they just look bigger. They look, uh, you know, more you – know, they, they just look better. They look better. They look better, a, a higher football IQ. These guys are really mature, older. He's got a lot of seniors on his team. Um, you know, he's got guys from the Pac-12, Big Ten, SEC, ACC. He's got – uh, just a lot of maturity on his football team, whereas in the years past, even last year, you know, his team was young. They were freshmen and sophomores out there. Uh, you know, almost all the starters were freshmen and sophomores. So for him to have seniors, fifth-year seniors, guys from Michigan State, you know, Tennessee, Louisville, uh, you know, those guys bring a lot of experience and maturity to the team and kind of elevates the competition too. So on both sides of the ball, they've, they've definitely impressed me this fall camp. And, man, they've got a great receiver room too. I think they got the best receiver room in the Mountain West. Um, all the receivers have impressed me this fall camp. And he's got like four transfers in his wide receiver room. So they're definitely going to throw the ball a lot this year. Um, but their running, backs, their running backs look good, too. So uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. There's so much new around UNLV. So it, it'll be interesting this year just to see them take the field. You know, he's got new coordinators. He's got new coaches. He's got new staff members. You know, he's got a whole new new building in there. So it'll be, it'll be awesome. And they have a week zero game on August 27th against Idaho State. So they're they're getting started early and you know, I feel like everything's earlier this year. The Hall of Fame game, UNLV yeah. starting in week zero. I'm like, man, football season is here. It's here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, bu- buckle up. It feels like we had no Woo! off season, right? I mean it seems like we've been busy the whole time, but uh, this is what we uh, this is what we live for. So uh, Paloma, fantastic stuff as always. You do a great job covering everything around the area. We do appreciate you. What you got coming out that I should be on the lookout for that that you got coming up? Yeah, Rev Zone is starting soon, and that's, nice. you know, Coach Royo's in studio with me. We do one-on-one exclusive interviews with the players and the coaches, and we do a lot of just different features around the program. So Coach Royo will be in studio with me on August 21st, and we're kind of previewing uh, the football season. And like I said, there's so much new around this UNLV football team, so there's a lot to dive into on both sides of the ball. So it's exciting. and. And the Run and Rebels, they're getting ready to play in Vancouver, <laughs> and Kevin Kruger's got a brand-new Run and Rebels team, too. So it's just been me with my flashcards memorizing this <laughs> roster. Like, I'm like, we got two brand-new teams. Yo, I li- literally, there's flashcards on my nightstand. And, like, before nice. I go to bed, I'm Dedication. like, hey, let me memorize 150 new guys. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's People will laugh at that, but that's dedication right there. I'm not mad at Man. that at all. That's fantastic work. Paloma. We'll keep up the good work. We appreciate you. We'll see you soon, and we'll talk to you even sooner. Yeah, sounds good. Bye, Q. All right, see you. There she goes, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. Uh, Johnny on the spot when it comes to everything. She got the Aces covered. She got the Raiders covered. Uh, she's got everything going on. You know, man, UNLV covered like a glove. The IFL's coming up this weekend. Uh, there's too much to be a part of. I'm trying to be a part of everything I can this weekend, and I'm not even going to be able to do everything that I want to. But, man, sure, I'm looking forward to it. This, uh, this upcoming football season is going to be a whole lot of fun in and around the 702. 2.47 is the time. Many thanks to Paloma for joining us there. Uh, Want to get your thoughts on Nate Hobbs. That's been the conversation point I've been having. Uh, how do you think he does this year? How do you think he influences that secondary? You know, can they be better than they were a season ago? You know, just give me your thoughts on Nate Hobbs as he's really the guy that's getting the early training camp buzz. Let us know about it. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. The great Lester Hayes. Believe he'll be the next Raider to be enshrined forever into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Not sure exactly when it's going to be. Not in 2023, but maybe in 2024. Hopefully that'll be the case. Got about a minute left in this hour. Got to close things out, but let's go ahead and hustle out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to a very patient 502, 502 Raider D. What's on your mind, brother? What's going on, Chief? Check us out. So, just, just a quick tidbit about Mr. Hobbs. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. He is also from Louisville, Kentucky. He went to Mel High School. And if you might remember, in 2007, the Raiders drafted the running back from the University of Louisville that also went to Louisville Mel High School by the name of Michael Bush. Yep. And that, so they went to that same high school. This, this, this gentleman, I believe, really and truly is going to be one of the cornerstones for our defense. I, I, I think without a doubt, I agree with you, that he's going to move to that outside corner, even if Trayvon comes back. I think he, he goes to the other corner position, and we move Everett into the slot position. Because I think this young man not only showed when he played the slot last year that he's got the skill set to play anywhere on the field in that DB room. Dude, I really think he's got the attitude. He is not a braggadocious type kid. He is very humble, very much about his business. And in order to flourish in the league, that's what you need to be. Right. Before you, you get a lot of these young cats to come to the league and think that they've already made it. No doubt about it. Thank We got to go, 502 Raider D. I'm sorry right, I got to cut you off, but thank you so much for the call, and I agree 100% with you about Nate Hobbs. Coming up next, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle will join us to kick off hour number two of Raider Nation Radio 920.